I'm now joined on the line by Joe Paltic to discuss the iconic TV series uh, Storage Wars. And as of most of our viewers know, Storage Wars was shot in Storage Wars Los Angeles, Storage Wars Texas and Storage Wars New York. And New York was a prominent show which Joe, Joe Paltic, as, as we know, other viewers know him as Joey P, uh, took part in. And uh, I'm going to start off by asking you, Joe, uh, what was the experience like uh, working on... Uh, uh, storage wars and from what we see on our tv sets uh, how very much different to reality was it like well doing doing the show was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun um you know we, we it was a lot of work it was hard work we had to do things over and over and we had to you know do what the camera people said so it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it and they were very nice to me the production companies but it, it is pretty much all reality what mm. you see what you see and what they filmed is pretty much all reality. And I tried to do my best to show the business, to show like the secrets of the business, like what we do and behind the scenes stuff and stuff that, you know, it takes a while to learn. I tried my best to put that out there for everybody to see. Yeah. It's a little different because you got to remember that our show in New York came like three years mm. after the original one came. So we had to come up with different and new stuff. Yeah. And, uh, Joe, I suppose the the storage wars and um, it's, it's sort of the the shows the daily life and how did the opportunity come around come across for you to get cast in the show? How were you approached or did you hear the show was coming to New York or did people reach out to you or how did the opportunity get get around get around for you to get involved? Yeah, I'll tell you the story. I, I did know that they were coming to New York. I heard because they were asking around. They were asking different storage places, you know, that um, uh, who, who should they put on the show, and they were, like, trying to interview different people, and who's the big buyers, and this and that. So one day, so I was expecting to get a call from them, you know, I was expecting it. And uh, one day I was driving, I was in Manhattan, I was driving over the uh, Williamsburg Bridge, and uh, they called me up, from, uh, I, well, I got a, a 203 number, which is a, a Los Angeles number, mm. and I, I knew 203 was a Los Angeles number. So when they called me, I, 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 uh, I said to them right away, I said, I heard that you guys were here in New York, and I said to them, uh, let me tell you right now, first of all, I'm not an actor, mm. and I don't buy the normal stuff that you see on, on, on the, those shows. I don't buy the regular household stuff. I don't, I'm only looking for like high-end merchandise. Mm. And I said, so I, I, you know, let me tell you right away. So they, they said to me, the girl who, who I was talking to, she said, that's what we want. That's what we want. That would be great. That would be great. So that's how it started. That was the, the, the time, the minute. Yeah, and uh, Joe, we see all these rivalries uh, on the show and uh, the sort of interaction between all the sort of bidders and those sort of rivalries, when the show is sort of shot, are the, were those rivalries in place even before the show began? Were you aware of each other? Did you know each other? And uh, in that sort of business, is there that sort of um, competition the whole time in relation to getting the valuable assets and get, getting the valuable locker? Or do you have to sometimes play that bit of rivalry up or play that bit of aggro up sometimes? Yeah, you have to play all kinds of games. Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to play all kinds of games. Uh, anything you can do to keep the price low. I mean, when you want something, you know, you have you have to be like a poker player, you know, and, and a chess player, and, and and you gotta throw the dice. And if it's something really good, I mean, some, 
sometimes, well, the way I do it, you know, I just don't care about the money. Mm. When, when it's something that's really good and something that, that hits my eyes, I think could be something, you know, that I really want, that somebody had good taste and it could be something very valuable in there, like a piece of art or something like that. I just go, you know, for, I, I don't care what, I, I forget about the money. I just forget about it. I just keep my hands up or I just did. Or, you know, I play my games or whatever. But I make sure I get it, no matter what. I make sure the auctioneer is watching me. I make sure he doesn't miss my bid. You know, and I concentrate. Mm. And, and, and a lot of times I do overpay and I lose money. But if it's something really good, I don't, you know, I have to have it. I have to own it, no matter what. And uh, Joe, we see on the show maybe that in relation to that five or six maybe lockers are shown. <coughs> winter contents in it but I presume you're there for a long long sort of a day so does they only show certain bins or certain lockers or in relation to the actual show itself and does the actual auction day take go on for a good few hours and in relation to uh, does certain things that are cut that doesn't make the show or does make the show depend on the actual locker itself um well, when we did the show, it was it was the actual it was the actual rooms like we normally do. Mm. They we didn't know and they didn't know. As far as I know, mm. it looked like legitimate to me. Mm. The rooms just came up, and you know sometimes there would be something. Well, what I did was I bought I bought a lot of rooms because I was sort of the star of the show. You know, I was the legend, mm. and um, you know I, I really did you know do a lot. Of, I, I, you know, here I used to have a gallery, uh, mm. which I still have, but it's online only. But I used to have, you know, called Soho Treasures. Mm. And I, I'm only looking for good stuff. So I would buy a bunch of rooms, you know, anything that was good. So that, you know, the best room that they could they could pick which one that they wanted to put on the show to make it look good for me, you know? Yeah. So there was no real there was no real set budget for anyone. You just brought whatever you intended to spend that day you brought with you. Is that the case? There was no guidelines on relation to you're only limited to bringing this budget on the day. There was no sort of rules. You just turned up and whatever spot you are, you could pay whatever you want for it. That's right. There was no rules. No. Mm. And the people from the show, they said that they, they, they didn't want to tell us what to do, what to buy, what not to buy. They said, you guys got to just, you know, fight it out on your own. Mm. You know, they paid us. Mm. You know, we, we, I got paid for each episode, you know, which was nice. But to tell you the truth, I, I would have done it for free just for the experience, which was really, I, I was on TV a couple of times before, you know, with my, with my, with my gallery. Mm. You know, I, I was on a few little shows, little, little parts, and they came and showed me in my gallery a few times. So I, I knew how it worked, mm. but they paid me, and they were fair, <clears throat> and they were very nice. But they they kept it real as possible. They wanted it to be reality. Mm. You know, they stressed that all the time. So the actual days when an auctions were coming up, did you get informed uh, uh, maybe three or four days in advance? Listen, there's an auction taking place here at this at this certain venue. We want you to travel here. We'll be shooting that auction on the day. You uh, did you were you aware of who was going to be what other cast members were going to be there on the day, or were you just told, listen, we're shooting here on Saturday. There's an auction there in downtown New York at a certain place at a certain time. Be there and. You, that, or what was the scenario in relation to that? Yeah, as I remember, there was a schedule. They, mm. they would they would give you like a printout for the week of where we would go, uh, which places we would go to, and so we we kind of knew ahead of time. That's how I remember it. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, we know. And was there was there a case where sometimes you were working professionals as well, Joe, that you would actually go off and do the shoot in relation to that lo- that location and that vicinity, but then also on the same day go off to another uh, storage area and carry out your own business as well? Or did you find yourself on the days being on the show being able to focus in just solely on that venue as, or were you able to carry on your own business profession as well? That's a good question because I, I, I couldn't carry on my normal business. It, it, it interrupted my business. The whole time I was, we were shooting the show and I was on 26 episodes. It, it was like about a year and a half altogether with a little break in between. It, it interrupted my, my business that I did. Yeah. I, I wasn't able to do my business, uh, my momentum that I normally had. So, you know, that, that took a little bit uh, of a fallback for me. But that, that was okay. That was okay. I, I tried to concentrate on everything, but, you know, the way I normally do. But I, I was able to just, you know, give people better prices and, and on, on stuff that they want because I just didn't have time to deal with my normal customers. And a lot of rooms I bought, I gave to other people to make money with. And that's how it went. I, I, I put everything I had 100% into the show. Mm. And uh, even my family, even my family took a little, you know, mm. I had to be away from them for a little. It was a lot of work, mm. a lot of work. And uh, Joe as well, sometimes you're there, you spot an object, you're going through the locker, you spot an object, you think it could be valuable, you want to bring, to bring it to an expert to get a, a, a price or a guy in some contact you know. Were those contacts your own contacts or were they provided to you by the show? And also was that filming the, where you'd have to travel off to that location, was that done on the same day or was it done to maybe two or t- two days later where you go home and you go the following day to that location? Or was all that confined into the one day? No, it was all different days. Mm. All different days. We bought the room on one day. The next day we went through it. And then the appraisal was another day. And then the stuff where, where you sit in the seat there and they do a little interview, that's a whole other day. Right. Uh, and, and and the very first question, I, I, was, I, I had a good answer for that. What was the first thing you said? The, uh, Joe, the, in relation to the searching for the valuables within the locker and get, uh, the pricing, did you bring them to your own experts or your own contacts that you had? Yeah, no, it, it was their experts, but that's really that's really funny that you asked me. It was their people that they, they came up with, but it was so funny because I knew a lot of them. Right. I knew a lot of those people already, and even the people that the other cast members went to, I knew who they were. Mm. Like I knew Corey, and I knew I knew the girl with the with the vintage clothes. I, I you know I, I this is a you know it's a it, it's a widespread business, but I'm I I, I pretty much know everybody. I, you got to remember, I've been doing this all my life. Mm. And I suppose, Joe, there's an awful lot of, as you said, you have an awful lot of longevity in the industry, but you also have seen probably some people that came into the industry, tried it, had bad luck, hard times, and decided it wasn't for them, moved away. And uh, in relation to that show, when you saw the, the saw the people that you were up against, you probably knew their sort of backgrounds as well. And it's a sort of industry where things can go sort of pear-shaped for you very quickly if you're not on your A-game. And... Uh, do you have you find since the show has been on that most of those people that you came across the show that they're still there and they're still fairly successful, or do you find that some of them have uh, came on sort of harder times? No, they, the people come and go in this business all the time. Mm-hmm. They they're here for a little while, and 
maybe they run out of money or too much work for them or something happens and then you don't see them anymore. Once in a while they come back, but there's always a changeover. Always a changeover. When these shit, when these shows first came out, the one from California, mm. that's when it, that brought a lot of new people into the business. Before that, it was like a closed-in business. It was like mm. more like a lot of people didn't know about it. And even the people that you sell to, they they would think that you know you have to be a special person, you have to have a special license to do this business, you know. <clears throat> So it was more closed in. But now, since we have the internet and TV and everything, you know, everything's an open book now. So that, that's what happened to this business. But it's still not that easy. Mm. And uh, there's only still a small group, you know, and everybody pretty much knows everybody. Mm. And, uh, Joe, the actual time when that reveal of the locker is up, and I know you can't go into the locker, you have to look from an outside. How actually, for us watching here in Ireland and watching on TV, it only seems that you get a matter of minutes, maybe a minute or two, to have that quick gawk shine at light from a distance, and then the bidding begins. In reality, is it much more longer? Do you get more time to have a sort of a look or have a peep from a distance, or, or is it that sort of fast? It's it's pretty much like what you see on TV. Uh, um, they don't really rush you too much. Some auctioneers they want to speed it up, or some some of the guys who are running the sale for the company they rush through because they you know they want to do it fast. But but for, for the most part, you look and you, you know after a minute or two, you see what you see and you made made up your mind how much you want to spend. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty much like that. You know, you go in there, you look. There's, there's only so much you can see. But you really do need a good flashlight, and you, and you have to know what you're doing. You know, all your life experiences, you know, behind you can tell you what's there and what type of person it was who owned the stuff. Mm. But uh, you don't really need a lot, a lot of time to look. Yeah, and I suppose as well, Joe, what we see normal uh, on the show is sometimes in relation to lockers, p- uh, people get quotations uh, from these sort of experts and they're, they're seen to make a profit on the actual locker and it seems to profit. But in that sort of case, in reality, do they actually do, do make a profit? Because then do they actually get to sell these artifacts? We don't actually know do they get to sell these on or what happens or are they still in those possessions or they might still have the value of it but does it take a long time to actually ship the product on to get that money back we just see in our show that it's valued for an estimated that they've made a profit on the locker but in reality just sometimes you buy items in relation to that show and three months later you still have them and you're having to take a hit on what, what the estimates were no I, oh, there are people who hold on to things and cherish them and, and, and marinate them and, and, you know, look them up and figure out. I, I really don't do that. I, I, I'm connected to people who know what, the, what, what items are, what they're worth, and I, I can have those checked out. Now, that's a problem for people who don't know how to do the business because most people, when you show them something, they're going to want to buy it. They're not going to tell you what it is. So you have to have your methods of finding out what the value is, you know, the range, the actual range of the value of an item. And once you know that, you know, then it, it, it for me, for me, the way I do it is it, I, I want to just, you know, get it over with. Uh, I'll put the stuff in an auction. I'll let people bid on it or I'll sell it outright, but it, it'll be in that range. Mm. And I'll just move on. I'll just move on to the next. Yeah. And Joe, when you're actually, you said there's different days of shooting from the time you go through the lockers is a different day. That day when you go through the locker and when you arrive, is it just yourself that's allowed into the locker to, in relation to 
but you you now own the property are you allowed to bring in people that you work beside you or work for you or friends of yours to actually go through and help out the workload to spot things or is it specifically only you are allowed to go in there and route through all those items and try and discover those gyms you can you can bring in whoever you want. Mm. You know, if you want to bring in your your family or you know, some some places don't want like young children there or, or pets. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of times I bring uh, my family there or I bring friends. And then especially uh, if I have to move stuff, I, I bring people. You know, in trucks, and uh, we we take the stuff out. But yeah. for but for the shoot. But for the shooting part of it, Joe, did they only shoot you inside the locker? They don't shoot your actual family members or helpers on the show? No. No. They did not. They yeah. did not. And, and, I, and, I, and I asked to bring in like certain people that had knowledge, and they didn't want to because on the show that we did, I, I was supposed to be the person who was by myself. Okay. And uh, That's what I was getting at, yeah. people there that were, that were like partner people. Oh, yeah. And uh, so for me on, on on the show, no, I was mm. just by myself. That's how they wanted it. That was, okay. you know, the way they wanted it set up. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Joe, in relation to that, sometimes did you hear, if you say you decided a locker was too much money and you didn't bid on it, and uh, you saw two maybe of your rivals on the show bid on it, and maybe they actually found an item that was worth an awful lot of money or stuff. Did you hear maybe later back on about that or about that item, or did you hear... Did you get to see shows and repeats where you were so close to buying a, a locker and for something made you stop and not buy it? And then you did you hear later on that there was a valuable on it? Did any, or do you, for example, or did you ever watch any of the shows back in relation to that and say, I nearly bid that for that locker, that could have been mine or scenarios like that? Yep, <clears throat> that did happen. That did happen a few times, yep. And, and I did see sometimes the, the actual merchandise coming out and... Uh, I, I, I made a, a mistake on it a couple of times. Uh, I should have bought stuff, but I had already bought so much that I didn't. I you know I, I didn't want to just overload myself, but I did make those mistakes. And um, a lot of times, though, you you can hear uh, people tell you stories about it was good or it was bad, mm. but you can never believe it unless you see it because mm. everybody uh, tries to be secretive about what they're doing. Like if they you know if they they do good they don't want you to know they did good and if they don't do well they don't want you to, to see that they you know they're they suffering mm. so uh a lot of times you know you, you can't trust what you see mm. or what you hear you know what, what you see for yourself is a different story yeah and i have seen i mean one one time those uh those two those two guys they, they bought a room that i should have bought at, at one of the places mm. And Joe, you're obviously an expert in your field with many, many years of experience. And uh, in relation to your own business and your going into these storage facilities and buying lockers and making big valuable money was there ever a time on the show that you probably made a real real profit or made a on a real locker substantially that would have equaled what you've done in your normal day-to-day -day life business or was there ever a locker in, in that scenario that you said god if this if this was outside the show and i made that sort of profit i would have been extremely happy did you watch the show? I did. I watched. Uh, I watched a few episodes, but I, uh, you made an awful lot of uh, successful biddings. But I just wondered how that compared to your actual real life. Do you know, in, in, you probably had an awful lot of successes in your real life that were probably yeah. worth even more again. 
So I was just wondering how did he how they compared? It it it, it actually compares to the real the mm. reality of it. All right. It, it does compare to that. I mean, but you have to remember, you know, uh, some of these some of these rooms. So we call them rooms here in New York. You know, mm. a lot of people that watch the show they call them lockers or units, but here in New York we call them rooms. Mm. And uh, some of these rooms do cost a lot of money. Mm. But that's where you have to really put yourself out there and make a big risk. But it could pay off. It could pay off, and it has paid off. That, that's why I love this business. I mean, that, that's really the excitement of it, you know. And, and it does happen. It does actually happen, and you can come, you can look, you can see, and you can hear stories. And uh, it happens to people when, even when they don't know what they're doing. I mean, any room, any room could turn out to be really fantastic. Any room, the worst-looking room. Mm. And you could buy it for $10 or $25 or $100, and you could do very, very well. You know, most of it is junk. Most mm. of it is garbage, <clears throat> you know, and it's a lot of garbage, a lot of work involved. But uh, it could happen on any woman. When I first did this business, you know, which was a long time ago, mm. I would buy a lot of rooms. So uh, I filtered through a lot of stuff, and uh, you know, I, some of them, some of them were good, and you can never tell which one was going to be the good one. Mm. Yeah, sometimes they would surprise you. And Joe, finally, the last question in relation to Look Part, our, our, our special show featuring on Storage Wars and yourself in particular. You mentioned there about, at the time, being really excited to get involved in with, with Storage Wars when you heard they were coming to New York. If you know what you know now and in relation to the commitments and, as you said, the workload and the schedule, if the opportunity came about again and if it was you going back in time and you knew what you did would you still have biting at the opportunity and would you have still gone for it and was it a memory that was fully sustained or if the opportunity came around again and you're starting out again would you have t would you still go for the storage wars experience absolutely absolutely mm. i'd do it again anytime and, and, it, and it took me out of my out of my business and my usual life, you know, the way I, I, I do it. But it was a lot of fun. It was a good experience. It was nice to, to be uh, filmed. And it was nice to see how it all works. I, I would have changed a few things, though, because I, I thought it was more of a documentary mm. when they first came. I thought it was a documentary. I was going to show what I do and how I do it. And I tried to put that out there anyway. I wanted to do that. And I thought it was good. I, I was proud of my, of, of my experience and, you know, with my performance. I'm very proud of that. But I would change a few things because they sort of made it like a mockery, like a drama. Mm. They wanted to make it like, uh, you know, like it was like it was a fun thing, like for people just to enjoy, like the the, the craziness of it. You know, yeah. I thought it was more of a documentary. So I would, I would, I, I didn't realize that till after. Mm. But I would change a few things now, of course. You know, it's like anything in life. You mm. you, you look back on it and you say, well, I would do this different, or I'd do that different. You know, but. Uh, I'm very proud of, of the uh, performance I did, you know, and, and, and what I showed people. And a lot of people really came up to me, you know, I get it all the time. And they tell me that they really liked the way I, I, I did it. And, that, you know, <clears throat> I look like I know what I'm doing. And uh, I showed how it's done. And, and I hope that people learn from it. You know, that was, that, that's important to me. And finally, Joe, last question. Have you ever been to Ireland? And if so, where where have you been? And also, if you haven't, is it definitely on your bucket list to visit Ireland in the near near future? Well, I would love to visit Ireland. Actually, that's funny. When, when, I, when I first uh, was in contact with you, you sent me an email. Mm. I, I do business with uh, an Irish gentleman here. His name is Ron Clark. All right. His, his place is called Clark Galleries in Largemont, New York. And I do a lot of business with him. I, he has an auction house. And um, 
he goes to Ireland all the time and tells me about it. And he, 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 he speaks this heavy Irish accent. I don't know if it's Gaelic or Brogue. Yeah. It's very hard to understand. It. I always tell him to repeat himself, you know, but, but he's, he's, he's a really good uh, person I do business with here, Ron Clark. And um, I, I would love to visit Ireland. I heard a lot of stories how beautiful it is there. So maybe one day. One day, <laughs> I can get away. <laughs> uh, Joe Paltek, it's been a pleasure talking to you on the airwaves this evening as we look back at Storage Wars and your iconic role in Storage Wars New York as we know you as Joey P. Uh, pleasure talking to you. We wish you all the best in your future endeavours. We wish you all the best in your business. And hopefully sometime, please God, in the near future, we could chat again. Thanks, Joe. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, thanks. Good okay. talking to you too. Thanks Jeff. a lot.